bust it. My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 154 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks! Hey! Hey, yeah, hi. Oh, man. Hello, everyone. Summertime, baby. Greetings. We made it. Summertime. for the you summertime. Know, it is summertime. You know what happens a lot to me, Josh? And I'll tell this. You know what? I'm not going to just tell you, Josh. I'm going to tell our audience as well. Tell the world, you know what, Liam. You know what happens the, the to me, audience? My, my birthday is at the beginning of July. And I spend May and June thinking, I got a while to my birthday. No big deal. And then, like, somewhere in the middle of June, I go, ah, oh, shit, my birthday's coming up. And then, like, I don't end up doing anything, even though I'm a real punk about my birthday. Mm. I was going to use a less polite word, but then I thought, that's not right. A um, yeah, I, I'm a real punk about my birthday. I love my birthday. I want people to celebrate me on my birthday. I want to feel like a spoiled little baby boy. I want but people Liam, to- what of the rest of us who celebrate you every day of the year? I mean, I get that, but I mean, I'm I just want, asking because I am one. Then of I those. say, then I say, go the extra mile. It's my birthday, man. That's what right, I'm trying to say. Right. I don't but, get a day off, is what you're telling me. Right, exactly. But the, <laughs> but what what tends to happen though, the last few years. Now I will say, people who were around when I was living in Philly and stuff, I was a little more demanding. But now it it just seems to happen, especially since we had Mave. I don't realize it's my birthday, uh, going to be my birthday until it's too late for me to plan anything for my birthday. Like, it's like, mm. oh, shit, it's coming up. Oh, I'm not going to bum people. No, I just won't do anything. And Man. it's like, that's fine. That would be fine if I was like a rational human who didn't care about my birthday into my 40s. But, but to be clear, uh, that's no not one me. thinks you're a rational human. No, I'm a crazy yeah, person who's like, definitely why that. aren't you celebrating me? Celebrate mm. me. 100% that. Yes. Why don't you, why aren't you celebrating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, so speaking of summertime, Josh, what what are we talking about right here? Although we uh, pull back the curtain a little bit, one of these movies is not very summertime, which is not what we planned. Yeah, turns we'll, out we'll get into why. Well, what, you know what though? Here's yeah. the thing, Liam. We could talk yeah. about all the movies we watched. We watched all three of them, did we? All not? right, we'll we'll do all three. We'll do all yeah. three. But I'm glad we we did three. It's a John Candy episode, guys. Yeah, we're talking about John Candy from Second City. You might remember him from SCTV. Honestly, John Candy was like a huge figure in my formative movie watching experience. Sure. And I've always loved John Candy. Always loved John Candy. And so we got to talk about John Candy today. And we're talking about three movies in particular. We're talking about Summer Rental. Talking about Uncle Buck. And we're talking about The Great Outdoors. Three classics by People's Metrics. Although on this watch. Yeah. I'm not so sure classic's the word I would use. Okay, so here's the deal. I will just say it. Say We'll get into why later. But we were going to just do Summer Rental and Great Outdoors. And the idea, Josh was like, okay, Summer Rental, it's well-known, but it's not as well-known as The Great Outdoors. So we'll do those two. They're both kind of summery. Although even The Great Outdoors, they're wearing so many clothes. I feel like it's not the summer, but then I'm like, what time of year is it when you go up into the woods? Maybe it's just yeah. cold where they are. And I don't hang know. Out with like, I mean, like, you know, they had shorts on. I don't know. Like, they, but there's a how- lot of scenes where they have like jackets on and shit. So I was confused at what the weather was supposed to be like the whole time. Mm. That's it. I, I was distracted was the by plan. the comedy of John Candy sure. and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So we were stoked on that. We were going to do those two. And then we both felt like summer rental 
was just not what we thought it was going to be. So it's then we just bad. So then we added on Uncle Buck, but then we realized like, well, we we both watched Summer Rental, so we might as well talk about it, you know. So this is a triple feature episode. We try we'll try to not make it too long, though I don't know <laughs> that it will be because I don't know that there's a ton to say. But for us, you know, this is something we've been wanting to do for a while. So this will yeah. be a little bit personal because we've talked about this. Longtime listeners of the show will know we've talked about doing a nostalgia thing. Like we want to work, you know, sometimes we cover new movies. Sometimes we cover genres of stuff. We yeah. wanted nostalgia, our own personal history to be part of it. And I think we both have strong relationships with John Candy, though I will say talking to you about this, I think you have a much closer, stronger relationship to him as an actor than I do. I'm mostly an uncle Buck buck guy and, and, and not so much uh, his whole, uh, his whole uh, canon and filmography yeah, yeah. slash television oeuvre is that oeuvre yeah i believe oeuvre is the appropriate word in okay, this situation okay, okay well before we get into this orgy of 80s nostalgia whacking on track are you busting out whacking oh, on track right sorry now? sorry i thought <laughs> i thought that's what we were doing Jesus sorry, Christ. I thought that's what we were doing. You know sorry, what? Sorry. You know what? We can, Josh. We're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna go real quick here because we take a long time with these ads. Hey, thanks to everyone on Patreon. Thanks to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Head over to xlvacx.com. Get something screen printed. I you know, I don't know that Chris <laughs> is like counting the bucks from people we've sent to him. So what I'm saying to you is you're out there. You're doing a summer activity. I know you are. You got a trip with your friends. I know a bunch of people are going to Sound and Fury or they're yeah. going to 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 uh this is hardcore or they're going to the 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 Midwest one that actually looks kind of cool I might go to. Furnace Fest is that the one? No, 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 that's down south. But maybe you're going to Furnace Fest, whatever it is. You and your friends are going to one of these festos. You're going to hit up Chris. He's going to make you matching shirts to wear at the fest. Yeah, now, man. That might sound corny, but it's not corny if you bring the mosh while wearing them. In right. fact, if you have them on while you're moshing and you're all sick, then actually that's sick. You are sick now. You are doing the sickness. Yes. So yeah. head over to xlvacx.com. Also head to sscoffeeroasters.com. Our friend Aaron makes amazing coffee. He wants to uh, roast it to order for you. Uh, if you enter the code CINEPUNKS on your way out, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you're going to get 10% off your tea, coffee, or garments. He's got cool shirts yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, And then, of course, as always, we want to sh- shake. <clears throat> of course, as always, we want to thank our good friend Sharky over at Mechanical Shark Media. My man, he does sound control and editing on this podcast. He does video production. He's done people's uh, music videos. He's done live streaming from sports events and other things. He's done special effects for theater and for all, all manner of stuff. MechanicalSharkMedia.com. Look, he does great work. I want you to go get work with him because I want us to look good for Sharky. That's what I'm saying right now. Okay? Yeah, Those. That's it. That's all the thank yous. Let's jump into whacking on track, Josh. Josh, what's been going on whacking on track for you, my friend? Dude, so me and Sharky and Amanda and Scully and Jenna went and saw Marcel the Shell with Shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to see it last Wednesday. It was so good. Now, you said, Sharky, off, you said off mic you weren't familiar with this property beforehand. I was not. This is completely new. Other than the trailer, this is all I knew about it. And that Jenny Slate was the voice of Marcel. That's all I got. So um, it, I, was, I wasn't supposed to go to the movie screening just because I had, I had another thing that was, I was supposed to be doing that night. But as fate would have it, that thing got canceled. And I ended up at the movies with Sharky and Amanda. And um, this movie, didn't know from the trailer, has a lot of grandma stuff in there. And listeners of the show know 
I lost my dear grandma like within the pandemic years, like maybe a year ago. And uh, yeah, was not prepared. And then there was a moment where I was like, I mean, you know, damn Scully and Jenna, because they've seen me at my highest and at my lowest. You know what I mean? Like they've been there. Scully and Amanda, I don't think have seen me in, in, in those moments. Or well, I mean, uh, Sharky and Amanda, I don't know if they've seen me cry. You know what I'm saying? So then there was a moment during the grandma bits and I was like, am I going to cry in front of Sharky right now? Am I going to cry in front of Amanda? And I don't care if I cry in front of Scully or Jenna because I don't know. I feel like they've seen that before. And now this is going to be happening. And it was like, oh, no. But then like during the whole screening, it was kind of pandemonium. I don't know. Most of the times, you know how these press screenings are, Liam. Like they, they tend to be like heavily guarded and like a lot of like real responsible and quiet people. Some reason this movie, like a family got inside and there was a whole bunch of talking. Even Scully had to do the please stop talking, which is like, man, for Scully to step up, like you have to know it it got to be a moment where we're like, what in the shit is happening here? Like it was kind of I mean, that kind of ruined the experience, really, honestly, of like watching the narrative. But that said, the movie is so charming to quote Amanda. She said it was like a direct hit of serotonin right to her brain, which yeah, without all the grandma stuff, maybe put a warning. CW, content warning. A lot of grandma stuff in here. But um, it's so charming, and it's so fun. And it's like, it's not just like a kid movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's some heavy themes in there, but there are, like, some really funny. It's more of a treatise on things like connection and community. It really is, like, an elegant, like, essay on those topics. And sure. uh, it's so good. There's bits where Marcel's <laughs> singing. Ah, oh, my heart just fell right out of my asshole. It's fucking great. I love it so much. I 100% on track. Uh, Melani didn't get a chance to see it, so I'm going to try and go back to the theater and watch it again when it comes sure, out. Sure, sure. But my goodness, what a movie. High marks. Like, there's no way that you could watch that and be like, meh, eh, meh. It's like, yeah, that's the sound of you being dead inside. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you should just, you know, not enjoy joy somewhere else. That's my thought. Right, right. Not like any of you listeners. Like, Cinepunks, come on, man. Y'all know we're here for the good time, too. It's all good. Like, we're down to do the work, but we're also down to enjoy the, the spoils, right? So, you know, I don't know. If you're a fan of our show, I 100% think that, like, you'll at least find something that you enjoy. Even the horror gore hounds, even you horror nerds, Guess what, y'all? The Chiodos brothers had a lot to do with the stop animation of this movie. You might know them from a little movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I didn't know that until Sharky told me. But uh, yeah, it was dope, man. It was dope. It was super, I mean, here's my my deal. I know that you guys are not terminally online and, and never have been. I know a bunch of our listeners are. So when I say Marcel the Shell with shoes on, they already fucking know, Josh. They already uh, know. Those videos were incredibly popular. So all you're saying is the movie version is also good. Because that's the worry, right? These were short, silly videos that had some emotions to them, but mostly they were mm-hmm. silly. They didn't have a ton of pathos. But watching the that trailer, I knew like, oh, no, they've injected heart. Oh, no, this is going to break me. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. It it looks really amazing. So hearing you guys be into it makes me really happy. I really want to see it. It's super duper great, though. The animation's amazing. It's just incredibly charming. And I guess if you've seen the shorts, like all the, the young people that Liam relates to on the Internet. OK, I mean, these were popular. Bag. No, no, no. These were popular when you should have known, but you just weren't on the Internet like normal people. 
They're they're much they're not for young people. They're more like I mean younger than you, but more like late thirties. <laughs> I hate you so much. I mean, you're older than me, so yeah, yeah they're a little yeah, younger yeah. than you. But I wouldn't say young people. Like people in their twenties don't know what the fuck Marcel the Shell. Like that's what's so funny about this movie coming out. Marcel the Shell was very popular when I was in grad school. You know, like the late O's. But I don't think there's been a new Marcel thing for like twelve years. Mm. You well, know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Liam. Okay. You know what? Get sensitive about it that you're not young anymore. That's that's a real that's a good <laughs> use of so your time. At fucking forty oh some years God. old. Let's all be sad that we're not kids anymore. Come on. So Marcel the Shell with shoes was dope. On track. Uh Mr. Frank Turner came through town recently, which, you know, whatever your thoughts are on Frank Turner, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like some people like him, some people don't like him. Some people are the oh, I re- I really re- like the first record. Like, okay, it's cool. I'm not so much a fan, I'll be honest. And the listeners of Cinepunk. That said, he put together a tour where he's the headliner and the openers were the Bronx and Avail. So I got to see Avail in Philadelphia again. And let me tell you something, man. Like, I love the Bronx. Don't get it twisted. Like, you know, Jared Javelson plays drums with them every so often. This On this tour, they had uh, Adam Willard, who's played with Against Me, and he's played with uh, Plosives, which is like my favorite band of his or whatever. But, man, the Bronx were dope. They were super fun. It was weird. Okay, so that was awesome, right? It wasn't, like, mayhem or nothing. Like, you've seen the Bronx in, like, those situations, like, really small club situations. Have you ever seen them in that kind of capacity? Sure. So, you know, like, it's, like, that dude's in the middle of the floor and everyone's running around and there's, like, just wild shit going on, right? Not so much the case because we were at the Fillmore where there's a barricade and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? So, but it was fun. I love the Bronx. It was cool seeing those songs live. Like, they're so good. They're such great musicians. It's awesome. But then Avail go on. Now, here's the thing. The regular patron that now enjoys Frank Turner and the patron that enjoys Avail, right? The Venn diagram, age-wise, there's a lot of overlap. But taste and style-wise, there's almost no overlap. Can we agree to that? It's a different beast. Sure. That said, going into Avail, it was really fun watching people who were like, I wonder if this guy's here for Avail. I wonder if this guy's here for Frank Turner. You know what I mean? Like having that like demarcation. It was definitely like when when Beach Slime became the big thing and all of a sudden all the NPR people came to the church to see them and they were saying things like, I feel like I'm in the basement of a church. And it's like, yeah, hegemony, that's where you are, fool. Like, did you not, you know, you're the interloper here. That was the same sensation at the Fillmore, which is like, Lord knows that's like a hundred million something dollar like fucking venue. You know what I mean? It's like all bougie and stuff. But man, when a veil went on, you could have told me that we were in the basement of the church again and it wouldn't have phased me one minute because all the homies were there. There was a bunch of mosh happening. It was just really funny because like even Tim during the set was like, we cut our teeth playing the FU church in Philadelphia. So that's kind of like a home to us. And like, you could tell who was like, yeah, cause they were all dirty and old. You know what I mean? Like myself included, myself included. And uh, it was, it was such a fun set. Like they just hit after hit after hit, but they played like satiate. They played like a lot of old stuff, which is like, holy shit. Like, I think it was just, they played one of the songs off the seven inch, like, God damn. And I was in my element. I was having so much fun. 
I was just, you know, me and Bo were moshing again and Wags was there. It was just, it was great. It was such on track. And then as soon as they were done, we got to leave because no one cared about no goddamn Frank Turner. So I was like home by 10 o'clock that night. It was awesome. That's perfect. Oh, it was great. It was like we got there at seven, saw two bands, left by nine. It was like, this is great. This is the way, this is the way it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was awesome. Old man times, you know? So that was really fun. Totally on track. Avail. Um, there's never going to not be on track Avail time, I don't think. I don't think I'm ever going to be bummed on having seen Avail, you know what I mean, moving forward. Because at this point, we're just playing with the house money, you know what I mean? We thought they yeah. were done, done. So whatever, you know, it's good. But um, but that was really, really fun. And um, the last thing I would like to say that has been really on track for me, y'all, you guys know us here at Cinepunk's headquarters love Sunstroke, right? These love em. two love em. new songs with Brandon Wallace on drums, Buzzer Beater, and uh, Everyday Bouquet. Holy shit. New Morality just put out these two songs on Bandcamp. And uh, yo, y'all, this new shit is the hot shit, bro. Have you listened to it, Liam? Yes, I have. And it's really fucking good. It's so good, right? Like, it's so good. Like, I'm not trying to harp on, on Sunstroke. Like, Y'all know who they are. They know who they are. So who who am I talking to, really? But I got to say, like, these last two songs just hit so good, especially if you enjoy The Rites of Spring, if you enjoy Discord in, like, the 90s, but not just, like, not just your, like, um, I don't know, like, Swizz and stuff like that. This is for, like, that Revolution Summer Geeky Kyoto sound, like, it's fucking great and it's perfect. It's pitch perfect. I love it so much. I've listened to these two songs over and over this week and they just get better and better and better. And I can't wait for a full length. Just saying. It's so good. So big up to to Sean and company. Like we love you guys. Like personally, like you're our homies, you know what I mean? And uh we straight love you, but also this record is a gift. So I can't wait for sure. the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, that's so. a slept on band and you know, there are a few fans out there, but I think overall numerality zine gets slept on for how much great stuff they put out. Nick is a friend. Uh, I'll, I'd say, you know, what up, Nick? Only I know Nick doesn't give a shit about movies, so he's never listened to this podcast. Um, okay. In fact, what's what's so funny about Nick, I, I've gotten to hang out with him a bunch since we moved out here, is like his complete disconnect from most of pop culture. Like, you know how like part of the thesis is of this podcast is that there are certain cultural touch, touchstones that... Mm. Uh, people involved in subculture, especially punk and hardcore sort of share together. And we can use those touchstones to relate to people who don't have the same musical interests as we do, but they're also like a shared culture for us, but like not Nick, man, like no movies, <laughs> no TV, no comic books. There's nothing like he's, his Amazing. interests, his interests are like literature and then hardcore. Now granted, I think he's, when it comes to his, he's significantly younger than we are. So mm. like some of the time when we were kind of not into hardcore, he knows like all the bands, you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. like, you know, it's not like he doesn't know a ton of stuff, but it's always funny to me because I'm like, yeah, you know, the blow blah, blah. And he's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, right, <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I think numerality didn't get slept on and they put out such an interesting variety of stuff. I mean, they've got that sunstroke stuff, right? Then they've mm. got so many interesting, like uh, hardcore adjacent sort of stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. GI bill, or uh, uh, <clears throat> what's the new one? Um, MS Paint, isn't that? Aren't they a new? No, morality? that's not New Morality, buddy. Come on, 
didn't I saw him on a bill with like Bib and like all that stuff and like that's what I no, new reality TV feels like the new evolution. Not like, even close. Really? It just yeah. feels like it has like the most variety of bands that you can Okay, have. that part, yes, 100%. But like, a lot of the bands like, a lot of the bands on new reality like, are more like shoegazy hardcore adjacent bands. Like okay, so uh, let's let me get let's do some examples cuz I actually have it open. A Sky So Black, very much indie rock, you know. Um Raw Plastic, uh kind of acoustic-y, rocky sort of uh punk stuff. Um like we said GI Bill uh sort of like the band that sounds the closest to fiddlehead in my mind you know mm. uh but then there's also that but when i say variety there's also stuff like blind idol have you listened to that blind idol record no i don't know that oh man uh older more mature uh like kind of darker american nightmare ripoff band oh wow actually two dudes that's the other thing it's like it's a bunch of instruments but it's it's a project of just two dudes and it's like huh. really fucking good rips uh cape fade one of the guys from uh 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 mind force cape fade is his like uh side project it's i don't know how to describe it actually i could just tell people to, to check it out it's very much like uh adjacent but in like a crossover way like uh mm. like a like a uh if later Chromax didn't suck and was mixed <laughs> and was mixed with like a little bit of leeway and a little bit of orange nine, you know, mm, like mm. very groovy, but also heavy. Uh, he's got that band from Chicago. I, I was telling you about that instill band uh, very much like um, triple B dudes, but bringing back a little bit of the uh, amazing core sound, you know, mm, like, but with yeah. a little bit more of an edge, you know, um, also, uh, f- f- funny, uh, very funny band because they were talking about they need to learn to cover, and they're like, "Well, our our singer straight edge, and none of the rest of us are, so we should definitely do a chain of <laughs> strings song cover." Yeah, uh, there's that end, end on end band that is on Numerality Zine. That very, band's good. I like yeah, that. Very band. traditional hardcore. Uh, X side, which basically is like Snapcase mixed with Quicksand. You know, it's like Whoa. very very good. Um. Who else is on here? Of course, local heroes, C. Dios Quiere, which is mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Southside Chicago, uh, uh, Mexican, but sounds very like hate breedy, uh, mm-hmm. very heavy, but plays a lot with punk bands because that's like more the Southside scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I'm going on and on about my friend's label, so I guess I should. Oh, I, and I sent this to you, that prize horse band. Yeah, that band rules. So fucking good. And they even broke a lot of bands that now are on different labels, you know, like. Mm-hmm spaced they put out that spaced record broken vow they put out the first broken vow john um anyway sorry i'm going on and on here no it's cool it's i am cool. i'm doing it because as i was saying but let me reiterate numerality zine is one of the more diverse labels i mm. think uh you know they, they have bands that sound like uh you know heady indie rock and they have bands that sound like um uh modern dead guy you know what i'm saying like that yeah, colonial yeah, yeah, wood yeah, band yeah. sounds like dead guy like who else is putting out that much stuff you know and in such yeah. a interesting variety so i just respect nick a lot for that work and i know that like he's not making any money from that like you know he's a teacher mm. if my man was making that money he would he would quit that teacher job in a second you know right, like right. as um, he should yeah 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 so anyways um so oh. the only whack thing is I didn't manage to get to the something to talk about fest at the photo club. Oh, oh, that's a bummer. I will yeah. say you, it might have been better you didn't, since a lot of people got COVID at the something oh, to talk snap. about fest, including well, friend I, of the show Evan. I also missed. Um, oh no, Evan. 
But yeah. um, I also missed Break Free Fest 2. Yeah, that's a bummer as well. And uh, Amygdala was playing, and I love that fucking band. And then I found out through friend of the show that previous guest, uh, OB, <laughs> he calls that band Amy Godala. <laughs> <laughs> and he was that's really so funny. Shada was at the studio, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, like OB is going to this Break Free Fest at the Philomoka to see Amy Godala." And then she was like, and then I looked at the bill, and I didn't see anyone named Amy on there. <laughs> she was like, "Wait." <laughs> You mean amygdala? And I was like, yeah, Amy Godala. Did he know? Did he know that he was saying it wrong? Or yes. He, have you yeah, met oh, Obi? Of course he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. But you know, is just, just Amy Godala is what he called them. God I damn. I do I do love Amy Godala though. Like like <laughs> <laughs> so good. So so good. Oh, the other on track thing that I did this week is that I refused to see the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. I'm not going. I yeah, can't. I can't I do it. Fucking hate. It was funny. We were at Marcel, right? And uh, Scully had seen it. And me and uh, Sharky were talking about it. And Sharky was like, I fucking hate Elvis. And I was like, yo, I fucking hate Baz Luhrmann. And, Sc- and Scully was like, this movie is for neither of you then. <laughs> That's so funny because I feel the same. I feel similar to both of y'all. I mean, I'm sure there's a Baz Luhrmann movie I don't hate. Like, Oh, I don't hate I don't hate that Romeo and Juliet movie. I think that's all right. Oh. I don't hate it. I but I think that's the only one, which is like, you know, that's not a big endorsement for my man. And some of the movies of his that people really love, I'm like, that's a fucking torture movie. Like the movie <laughs> that you that's a tort that's a movie for torture. Uh like did isn't he the isn't he the uh Moulin Rouge guy? Isn't that yep, him? that's him. Yeah, yep. that's a fucking torture film. No, Get thank the fuck you. out of here. Not for me. Yeah. It's yeah, funny yeah. too, because like so Scully hit me up. He's like, yo, you go into the Elvis screening. And I, I was at that exact moment watching a little movie featuring an Elvis character named Bubba Hotep. And I was like, there's only one Elvis that we celebrate in this household, my friend. And I sent him a screenshot of it. He was like, is that Kurt Russell? I was like, no, sir. This is Bubba Hotep starring uh, the chin, Bruce Campbell. And uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, my. Does I know. he not Don know Cascoli. Bubba Hotep? No, he did. He was like, okay. oh, I owed it. I just sent him a screenshot with no explanation. Yeah, though, so sure, sure, sure. it's easy for that to be mistaken. You know what I mean? But that said, yo, Bubba Hotep, way better than three hours of Baz yeah, Luhrmann. 100%, 100%. Yeah, 100%. No way. Um, Don Coscarelli, give it to me. Baz yeah. Luhrmann, you can keep it. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 I know there are people who love Baz Luhrmann and his excess, and, I, and maybe they can sell it to me, I guess. But what I've seen... Except for, like I said, Romeo and Juliet, I think is fine. The rest of it is, it's all torture stuff, man. Like, it makes me unhappy as a person. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. All right. That's what I got. I only got a little bit, so I'll go through it real quick so people don't get too bummed. Uh, I didn't have much going on. Basically, uh, me and Josh recorded, and then shortly after that, Suze went away. Or did we record? The leave was on daddy time. On, or on we might have recorded. Time. We might have recorded. Did we record the week that she was away? No, no, no. We no, didn't. we recorded before. right before she left. Yeah. Are you crazy? There's no way you would have done yeah. that. No, you no, would have no, no. died. And Maeve would have had no, to. Like, I will say, eat your carcass I, no, before I did. Sukas got home. No, I did record during the week. I actually. So here's an on track. For, so let me just back up and say, I we did an episode, and then Suze went away for a week. And I was fine. It was fine. It, it, by the end of it, I was very exhausted. 
but it wasn't, I was worried there was going to be like a disaster or something. And it was really good. And really it's just because Maeve is like the best kid. And while she was a pain in the butt at certain times, none of them were big things. They were all like, they're all things that in retrospect will be funny. But in the moment I was like, why are you testing me right now, child? Um, (laughs) One of the things I realized would be fun to do with Maeve is go to the movies, you know? So she's only been to see, she went and saw Encanto with us. Mm -hmm. uh, And she went and saw the bad guys, which by the way, I thought the bad guys was pretty good. A lot of people oh, thought yeah, it was I stupid. Loved it. I, I thought took it was Joe, really good. We took Joe Vanilla to see it. It was yeah. dope. I had fun. I had fun with it. You know. Similarly, I went to see a movie that I've only heard excessively kind things about, and so I don't trust those people, or people really hated it, and I think that's also unfair. I went to go see Lightyear with Maeve. Now, I was not going to take my five-year-old daughter to see Lightyear. That was not my idea. Mm-hmm. I was like not stoked on that, but- Maeve, I guess some of the uh, some of her fellow students at her like daycare slash summer camp program, they're all stoked on it. I guess they're all big Toy Story people. She's mm-hmm. seen some of Toy Story, but she's not like as about it as other kids are, you know. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to go to Lightyear. We got to go to Lightyear. We got to go to Lightyear. And I was like, I mean, I don't think you're gonna like it, little girl. But all right, let's go. Um, I thought it was pretty good, actually. I was really, yeah, I mean, my expectations were very low, so maybe that's partly why. I don't know that I think anyone needs to rush out to the theater, but if it's if you have an opportunity to see it, and especially if it's like a matinee or you're watching it on cable for free, um, yo, man, go for it. I think you should go for it. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, their anxieties or frustrations with Lightyear was that it doesn't feel like Toy Story. But that's the fucking point, right? The point of Lightyear is... This is the movie that the kid in Toy Story liked so much that he had to have a Buzz Lightyear, right? It's not supposed to be Toy Story. Like, I think people are like, well, the character in Lightyear isn't, what's his name, Tim Arnold's character from Toy no, Story. No, it's the character that, the, yeah, but the fact that they had to put out, like, did you see the caveat that they that Disney put out? No, movie no, or no. It was like, well, this movie is based on a character that, is you know who the, the character in toy story is based on this person so like don't write to us saying that you were sold a false bill of goods or whatever because this isn't that movie and it's just like ooh, like really we we're at that point like where that's a thing we have to like yeah say? i don't know i look i'm not as in deep with all that and i'll be honest I'm just not a Toy Story guy. Like, I think yeah, all those you know, movies are I never fine. Was either, honestly. I never was a Toy Story dude. I think there's emotion. The third one has some real emotional points. And I think the fourth one gets close to some of the same emotionality, but is not that successful. The first two are just fine. Like, I don't understand people who are obsessed with those movies. Maybe it's an age thing. I don't fucking know. But yeah. uh, all I'm saying is, um, I just think that when I see people talking about it, oftentimes that is what they're complaining about is that it's not fucking toy Toy story. Story. That being (laughs) said, it's fine. It was fun. It was like, you know, I was seeing it with my five-year-old and she was into it. She was getting excited and she was cheering at points and well, all the stuff that as a parent, you get excited about now, did it make me emotional? No. And, And I'll tell you straight up. If a, if a kid's movie gets to some real emotional shit, I will be affected. I am a wuss when it comes to this sort of shit. I will shed tears. Moana, I'm crying. Encanto, I've cried every time I've watched Encanto. Like, (laughs) uh, uh, fucking Luca, what was that one that everyone thought they hated, Uh, but they were wrong? No, 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 no. The fish fish boy one. Luca, right? 
Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one was fucking sick, too. That was another one where people were like, Pixar's falling off or whatever. And I was like, you guys are fucking idiots. Anyways, he actually, I don't even know if that was a Pixar, but it was good regardless. Anyways, here's the point. Lightyear was not those movies. It's not Encanto or Luca for me. It doesn't uh, have that depth to it. It is a yeah. light space romp in which there's a little bit of an attempt to pull out some meaning, but it's not the point. The point is mostly it's fun and funny. Taika Waititi is fucking funny. The the great, the, yeah. the voice actors in it, great. Chris Evans, he really has this character depth. It's great. Now, <laughs> you know, I guess if you're here because you want to feel sad, it's not going to work for you. But, you know, I, I'm I, I'm just not one of those Pixar people that's like, yeah. I can't wait to go to the Pixar movie and feel sad. I liked Soul. Soul is fine. But I just feel like it's okay if occasionally Pixar does a movie that's just a fucking kids movie and not a secret trick to make parents cry. Yeah. That doesn't have to us, be all their movies. Those of us here at Cinepunks HQ, we, we uh, ride for joy as sure. well as sorrow. Yeah. So when joy comes, we're not afraid. Yeah. Not saying. Yeah. Uh, another on track is I was a guest on the bleach mouth postscript podcast. Uh, my man, Larry Gargas. He uh, he has people on to talk about five pieces of music they really care about. Now, sometimes people choose full albums. Those are long fucking episodes. Uh, sometimes people just choose five songs. I just chose five songs. Right. Right. It sounds uh, like you said five thongs. Oh, yeah. I chose five thongs. I misheard what he said. <laughs> I misread, I guess, because we were even chatting about it. Uh, <laughs> it and, was an and, awkward conversation. Yeah. What's weird is it was really hard to pick a thong after the thong song. I was like, what are some other thongs? <laughs> Uh, it's just the five motions of the thong song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. I love it, man. Anyways, instrumental uh, version. Larry's a Larry's a great guy, great host, uh, old school Cleveland hardcore dude. Um, you know, he's had guests on from like Ringworm. He's had other like hardcore luminaries and music people on. It's just I, I kind of feel outclassed by some of his other guests. But here's the thing, Josh. He likes our podcast. And that's what matters. Yay. You know, he's a fan of the Cinepunks. And that's uh, you know, that's that's <laughs> something I respect and love uh because I am self-involved. So I love that is he it loves weird to me as as that is it weird to you, Liam, when people tell you that they're fans of our show? Um what's strange is it both is and isn't. So let's mm. let me put it this way. From a distance, like let's say we get a review and I don't know the person and they gave us five stars. My actual 100 honest response is, yeah, fucking right. We're one of the best, <laughs> best in the game. Fuck you. But then when a real person with real emotions says, oh, man, I really like your show. I really appreciate the way you do. Yeah, that moment when someone's really sharing as a person and I have to deal with that reality, that is awkward for me. And it's not because I don't appreciate it. Quite the opposite. I appreciate it so much. And I don't know how to express how what they're saying is like, building me up and crushing me at the same time. You know that feeling <laughs> where yeah, it's no, like, I, do. I will be eating off of this praise for the next month. Mm. Like you are giving me emotional solace for a period of time because <laughs> it's even worse now, Josh, because as you know, I don't have a regular workplace. Like when I had a job and I could do good at the job and get praise for that, as well as praise for booking shows, for uh -huh. whatever, writing reviews, all the different things I was involved in. Right. Then the show was, it's great that people like Cinepunks, but it, it was one thing among many. Well, mm. now I don't hear a lot of positive things from people other than my family <laughs> who loves me and my friends who love me. 
I don't get a lot of praise other than that. And that's okay. But, uh, you know, I, I have ADHD and I have a real dopamine deficiency. And occasionally having someone tell you like, hey, man, I really like what you do. It fucking keeps me alive, man. It's it's what I need. If someone says that, then I can go and write five emails because that that rush of dopamine is going to give me the executive functioning I need to be able to actually do some tasks I don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? Amazing. Yeah, and I don't no, get I, I don't get that shit anymore. Like on a regular <laughs> basis. So like when when Larry was just straight up being himself and saying I really enjoy the show, I was like I literally was like. This is the best and worst thing that's happened to me in the last three months. <laughs> Again, worse because there's some part of you. I know for you, this is real because I've seen you you be this way. There's some part of you that whenever you get praised is like, there's no way you deserve this. Yeah, that's a participation trophy of some sort. Like, right? y'all, everybody, if you like our show and you tell us and we don't adequately express how much that means to us, it's because we're kind of embarrassed because some internal voice is saying, no fucking way. There's no way. No way. It's only funny because it's true. Yeah, the, it's not funny, but it's me, real. Like, like me and Melani have been like traveling around doing things here and there. And every single sure. place that we've gone, like just around, you know, has been at least one person that was like, holy shit, you're the Cinepunks guy. Which was like kind of a weird feeling. And I also get the cross keys thing too a bunch. But just the Cinepunks thing is like, because like we end up at like, some movie functions, yes, where it's like, okay, you're at a movie thing. You're going to talk to movie people. But, like, there have been times when I've been, like, at a show, like, just doing show stuff, and someone has come up and been like, yo, dog, I love Cinepunk. And I have to be like, that's cool. What's that? That's not anything I do, right? Because no one loves anything that I do. And a uh, homeboy's like, yeah, man, no, Cinepunk is a shit. And, like, it's weird. I don't really know how to deal with it, honestly. And, uh, you know, all I want to say is thank you to everybody who's ever come up to me and told me how much, like, anything that I've ever done that means anything to them, that including Cinepunks. Most, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's a wild time. But anyway, I, and I, know, I know I have not responded well in all those situations, and I hope people know it's because of my, like, on one hand, I don't want you to know how special it is like i don't want you to feel yeah. embarrassed that i'm gonna start crying that you said my podcast was pretty cool uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also i don't I, there's some part of me that is has trouble believing you the same way that it has <laughs> trouble believing anyone saying something nice and that's not healthy i'm not celebrating that that's just a reality and i think we both sort of struggle just, with that yeah, yeah it's yeah. a weird thing to struggle with for sure just because like positive reinforcement for what we do isn't really a thing and we're we're we've created an atmosphere wherein for me anyway, I'm just comfortable working in the darkness. Like that's where I thrive. Well, that's yeah. Well, I'm that's good. the other thing too. When people are stoked on it, I'm like, have you been listening? Cause my numbers don't reflect your participation. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, okay. Let me, let me keep going here. Cause I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, and then right, we can go, jump go, into go. the episode. Sorry. Uh, I also made time to watch uh, a Netflix movie. Mm. And this'll, this'll, this'll be a theme that we've Slum talked it. about before. <laughs> a, a, a theme we've talked about before, Josh. Well, you uh -huh. can see it in theaters too, but it's it's a right, Netflix right, right. Uh, our love for sports movies when we don't like sports. Oh yeah, we've had an episode on that. Yeah, I watched that Hustle movie. Okay, ah. I watched Hustle, guys. Basketball is the lowest on my list of sports that I don't like. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to is be fair, true? oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, it's above shit like 
golf or whatever. But when it comes to actual real sports that people care about, I've just never been able to connect with it. I, I'd rather watch hockey than basketball. Um, yeah, it's just not my it's not my deal, man. I don't I don't get it. And I don't like the same way I don't get a lot of sports. But the mm. point here is not my inability to really care about sports. It is the fact that I still love sports movies. Uh, I could probably fall in love with a golf movie if it was good, speaking of Adam Sandler. Um, mm. But here's the things about this movie. I mean, first of all, let me just start off with Hustle's fucking great, man. It's a is fucking it? great movie. It is so good. It's a little predictable because it's a sports film, but mm. it's got My its brother own said vibe. it was the formula. He's like, because me and Anthony talk about this all the time, about how, yeah. like, uh, you know, all these sports-themed movies, these competition-based movies, you know, they have a formula, and I live for said formula. Yeah, it is the formula, only with Adam Sandler. Now, here's the thing. We all know what's up with Adam Sandler. Most Adam Sandler movies are bullshit. Like, most of the time, Adam Sandler just gets on camera and, like, shits himself. And that's supposed to be fun. Like, Adam Sandler just comes on, and he's like, Hey, a hark a dark doog a doog Oh, I pooped. And that's the whole fucking movie, you know? Like, mm. I have mountains of resentment for fucking Adam Sandler and the bullshit he does most of the time. But then my man busts something out like an, like an uncut jams or whatever else. And you're reminded like, Oh wait, yeah, you can act. Fuck you. You can act. Yeah. Yeah. You son of a bitch. You can act. <laughs> but I will say this in a lot of the movies where my man actually pulls out a performance, right? Mm, mm. He's so fucking sad. Like even in uncut gems where he's uh, all bravado, right? Yeah. You can tell under the surface. He's sad the the, the, yeah. the distance between his character in uncut gems and his character in punch Drunk love is like circumstantial. They're still yeah. unhappy people, right? I mean, look at funny people. Oh yeah. And again, people disrespect funny people, but if you go just on his that performance, great. Yeah. he is a fucking great in that movie. But here's the deal. This is one of the few movies I've seen where I feel like he's playing himself. He's not playing a goof, a caricature, uh, an exaggeration. The character is very similar to who Adam Sandler is, but he's still acting in a very strong way. And while there is a sadness to the character in some ways, it's not all the character is, which is not to criticize those other performances. They're all amazing. But this is one of the few movies in a while that I felt was an upbeat movie in which he was fucking acting. Like, I can't think of a single other movie, honestly, where he's putting in a solid performance and the movie is, and I'm discounting, of course, his original comedic work, which I do love. But like, you know, that's like four movies at most. You know what I mean? Like he 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 started shitting the bed pretty fucking early on. I think even before little Nikki, he's he doesn't give a fuck, you know? Um, but like it was I, I can't think of another Adam Sandler performance that is, is this naturalistic yeah. in a movie that is this upbeat where I thought, my man is fucking amazing. He kills it in this role. I think it's because he loves basketball. I mean, I think what's going on is this is a movie where half the cast are just basketball people, actual <laughs> players, actual coaches. There's almost no actors in this fucking thing, except for Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah, you know, <laughs> and the little girl that plays their daughter. That's most of the actors. The rest of the whole movie is fucking, you know, I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the majority of people who are in this movie are either basketball players, former basketball players, or like coaches and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Owners and shit. Like there's basketball team owners in the movie and shit. Um, it's very Philly, you know, but not mm. in like a super uh, ostentatious way, you know, like I mean, it he's matters. Wearing a federal donut shirt on the yes. press, the press release for it. You know, he's, like, he's got a couple shirts too that are from that um 
South Fellini place. Oh, you know right, that place? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. got a few of their shits in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it could be set in another city and it would work. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Philly is part of the story, but it's not the only part of the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah But yeah. it does help. He's got my man running up that Maniunk Hill. They go to <laughs> the hill, you know, the hill where people ride their bikes. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a run up every morning, like four in the morning. He's running up the hill trying to get him under two minutes up the fucking Maniunk Hill. I can't walk up that man. I tried to walk up that Maniunk Hill when I lived in Maniunk and I couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> my man is running up the hill. Get the fuck out of here. Anyways. <laughs> point is this it's really good now if you hate sports movies which i know those people are out there this mm-hmm. isn't an outlier it's not going to win you over you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. but if you love a certain kind of sports movie which i do this is great the the training montage fucking brilliant you know yeah it's so predictable and yet this one it, you know it's 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 similar to when you hear that hardcore band where you know all the people that band is ripping off but you've never heard it ripped off this way and you, you get fucking stoked. Like, I was giddy watching Adam Sandler actually fucking act and, and do it in a way that isn't a bummer. Like, I was like, mm. holy shit. Like, I'm sold on it. Now, again, I'm overselling it a little bit, but that my, my expectations were low, partly because I hadn't heard a lot of people talk about it. Now, mm. granted, I'm not friends with a lot of sports people. So I think overall sports people are stoked on this movie. But I think movie people maybe were like, Adam Sandler basketball movie. No, thank you. And no, it's good. It has a really solid emotional core. I think Queen Latifah is great in it. Um, I love the <laughs> Philly stuff in it. And like, you know, as much as I don't watch a full basketball game, it has the part of basketball I like, which is you do a bunch of cool shit to make someone else look stupid. That part of basketball is great. If every best, I mean, I probably could watch street ball on YouTube and think it was cool because it's always one guy making another guy look like an idiot. I love that part of basketball. Um, and because this is a movie, we don't have to see all the boring actual skills of basketball. We get to see a lot of, you know, guys making someone else look stupid. That's great. Yeah, I love that yeah. shit. You it's know, a good time. Yeah. So, fun. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. And again, not if you hate sports movies, but if you have that soft spot for a good sports movie, for a good coach this Carter does, or for a good, uh, uh, yeah. you know, those kinds of movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was into it. And there's fun cameos, you know, at a certain point, yeah. uh, the guy's stuff is going viral on the internet footage of this, this player, you know, who's a real basketball player, by the way. And they have people commenting and there's definitely a, vi- a, a video of our, of AI, you know, Iverson being like, you talking about practice. This guy doesn't need to practice. And I was like, Oh my God, he's making the practice joke. Holy shit. It's Ju- a good joke. Though. Dr. J- Dr. J's in the fucking movie. It's, oh, wow. He's in the movie a lot, actually. Um, yeah, it's fucking solid, man. I, you know, it's very it's, Philadelphia too. That's awesome. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that they could have done the same tricks somewhere else, but setting it in Philly does make it feel a little scrappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, it has good settings. They, you know, they filmed a lot of it in Philly and you can tell, and yeah. it's one of the few times when I'm like, you're using the city. Well, not perfectly, that's awesome. but yeah. very well, you know, I know he bought a house around here too. Like he's he likes Philadelphia. I don't know. I could see that. I, Just I mean, word on the curb. That's what I've heard. Is that Ann Sadler bought a house on like the main line somewhere, and now we live there. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll notice. Just anyone who's paid attention who lives in Philly will notice where these basketball courts are. Like, oh, he's doing this thing. That's outside Geno's in South Philly. Oh, right, there. Right, that's right, right. that's the. 
In fact, at one point he's playing on the court and I'm like, oh, that's Palermo High School. That That's shut down, right? Like, I don't uh. think he can get up there, right? Uh, but there's, you know, there's courts everywhere. I mean, I guess some of the interior stuff, I don't know. But even the interior stuff, like at one point he's at a gym on um, Pashyunk that I recognize. You know, like there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that people will recognize, you know, even if you aren't familiar with some of the locations like Maniac and shit, there's still enough other stuff in, in there, you know? I, and I love that he stayed at the Lowe's cause that's one of the few Philly hotels I've actually stayed in before. So when he's <laughs> in his room, I'm like, Oh yeah, he is in the Lowe's. They filmed this in the Lowe's. Okay. <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for me. I mean, I, similarly to Josh, I'm going to echo your sunstroke thing. There's been a there's been a ton of new music coming out lately. I like that Sunstroke yeah. stuff. The the new Final Gasp tracks are sick. The new Poison Ruin tracks are fucking oh, sick. Oh yeah, those are so awesome. The Delco MFs, I'm a big fan of that. Uh and then like, you know, there's a new Beyonce song that I thought was sick as well. So there you go. Yeah. And the new um Hercules and Love Affair in Amber. That oh yeah, you sent me that. That was really oh, great. I love it so much. I'm so into it. It's great. Fucking great. All right. After the break, we're going to talk about three John Candy movies that may or may not remind you of Summer and Good Times. <laughs> well, definitely one that doesn't. I yeah. Don't, I don't the, know. We'll they, see. I, all I can say is that they all have John Candy in them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> After the break.
And we're back, and we're talking about three movies featuring the late John Candy. We're talking about Summer Rental, we're talking about Uncle Buck, and we're talking about The Great Outdoors. Now, Liam, what's your relationship? You're telling me that you're not, you don't have the same nostalgia for any of these movies that I do. Okay, I just have Or what's your relationship to John Candy? I have different movies that I'm nostalgic for than I think you do. Is really what it boils down to. So, mm. for example, if you had asked me previously, oh, what are the John Candy movies you care about? Number one is Uncle Buck. Always has been, always will always be. Always number one. Uncle Buck is on top above all others. Oh, man. Always has been. Number two is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Even with some of the homophobic aspects of the movie that I don't love now, as a kid, that's what it was. Was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. It's The idea of anything else would be crazy to me. Those are the two hits. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, man. You get past those and everything else is either like smaller roles, guest appearances. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I, I'll i tell you what, the the this viewing of The Great Outdoors was the second time I've ever seen that movie. Second? That's it? That is it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I just never really was a big fan of that movie. It just was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Seems all right. Sure. Like, just didn't care. You know, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I guess I've seen Delirious a few times. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but I liked it, you know. Mm. Um, I, 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 I mean, here's the thing. Like, I was 14 in 1993, right? Mm. So as much as I love Uncle Buck, John Candy's also the guy in Cool Runnings. Yeah. You know, that's not a fun movie. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe there are Cool Runnings apologists out there. But I just think Cool Runnings is one of those like talk to anybody that works in mental health. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we have that on like three, three copies of that movie that we showed of mental patients all the time. Yeah, there's certain movies. Cool Runnings is one of them that like, you know, when I was working in psych, like, all right, you got to do group today. It's Sunday. There's no doctors here. What are you going to do? Like, well, we got this VHS copy of Cool Runnings. I guess that's a thing. And uh, yeah, there you go. Boom. So for me, like, um, I really th- knew him from only a few sort of key roles and not that those roles were not important in their own ways, but I got to know him beyond those roles later in life when I got into SCTV, you know, yeah. and I, I, I never had like the full set, but they would have, they had reruns of SCTV on some of those like comedy central and some other stations. So I really got to know him either from SCTV or like I said, uncle buck and, and planes and trains. Those were like essential Johns for me. So when you were like, well, let's do some of the other things. And you initially said summer rental and great outdoors. I got really stoked. Cause I was like, I don't fucking know either one of those movies really. And I, you know, that seems like a big hole in my sort of like 80s nostalgia, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, because we've talked about doing these nostalgia episodes, like trading off. Like, this is Josh's nostalgia. This is Liam's nostalgia. <laughs> and when we talked about this episode, that wasn't the point. You just were like, well, let's do John Candy. But then when we were going in, I thought, oh, well, we're doing Josh's nostalgia because I don't know shit about these movies. I assumed you knew Summer Rental. And it was only when you messaged me, we were like, oh, I'd never seen this before. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you picked like something you were in love with. No, no, I mean, Great Outdoors is a movie I'm in love with. I can 100% reenact that movie by myself as a one-man play, like Chaz Palminteri. But, like, uh, Summer Rental came up at a breakfast, and Adolf was like, 
Yeah, we watched Summer Rental a lot when we were kids. I was like, ah, Summer Rental. I don't think I've ever seen it, which is why I suggested it for our episode on John Candy. Because, you know, I'm not going to just watch another John Candy movie that I love. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool, but why not try something new? And typically, if you follow Adolf on his suggestions, you're not going to go wrong. In this case, however, on this movie, I feel as though I was wrong. I'm going to say it. No blame, no tea, no shade. I'm just saying, you know, we well, could let's start off. Summer, so Summer Rental is like one of his earlier movies where, I mean, people know him, but he's yeah. not, maybe not quite the like mega star that I really think he became later in the 80s, right? Well, I mean, like, it's funny too, because like that part of that stardom was the fact that John Candy was like a benefactor to a lot of people, right? Like he was like giving money to a lot of like, didn't he like do stuff for like the Chicago Cubs and like weird yeah. like charities and stuff like that? Like our man was like, from what I've read, our man was like a man's man, but with a heart of gold is what, what typically the consensus is about this. Right? Like everybody was saying like, he always had a beer. He always had a cigar and he always had a heart of gold. Like he always did like super nice things. You know what I mean? Like, and that's part of what I, you know, he's a big dude. And I responded to that of course, cause I can relate. And it's just like, man, that's a, that's a cool dude, you know? And then I get Summer Rental, directed by Carl Reiner, of all people. Did you know that going in? Because I did not. I had an idea, but I, I was not totally aware of it. Yeah. And this movie is not so much my favorite. I'll be honest. I mean, it just so went in directions. I'm like, what is happening right now? And it just felt like a bunch of non sequiturs. Am I correct? So this is this is what I want to say about Summer Rental. And, and, and I hope this will honor the memory that a lot of people had of it. There are gags in Summer Rental that are very funny. I just want to acknowledge that. There are gags, moments that really hit. Yeah. But like there's what? not a fucking Give me one. Give me one. movie Give me one. there. There is no movie in summer rental there's that's not a story you know what i mean like yeah they yeah. don't figure out the point of the movie till almost towards the end when suddenly yeah. the 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 rental gets bought out by the rich asshole and we have something to care about now i look now i will i will defend summer rental in the following way it really has that class anxiety of the mid 80s mm -hmm. rich assholes coming down on the working man yeah i kind of like that i kind of like that aspect of it but there's a lot of humor here that doesn't work. It's just not fucking funny. Yeah. And as a story, there's not much there. And here's my thing. And this is, we're going to get into this when we discuss the great outdoors, right? Uh. I've said that two of my favorite John Candy movies are planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. Uh. And uncle buck. Right. Uh. Both winter movies, but go on. Also both movies where he is less, though he is a bit of it in, in Planes, Trains, but he is less of the... Alpha character? No, I would say pushover lame dad. Ooh. The guy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a little nerdy, but he also has some cool sort of like underground things. He knows some shit that the Steve Martin character doesn't. And then in Uncle Buck, that's a player. That's a The whole yeah. point of Uncle Buck is, oh, maybe having a family and not being a fucking 
criminal. I mean, they never come out and say criminal, Uncle Buck. But you know, they talk about him cheating he's on the ponies. He's a fucking criminal. Like, yeah. Yeah. He sucks. yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, but that's the thing. He doesn't suck. He's the fucking coolest. Uh, okay. <laughs> on this watch, I will acknowledge, we'll get there, but I will acknowledge the big revelation for me on this watch was realizing that Uncle Buck sucks. As a kid, <laughs> Uncle Buck was the coolest man who ever existed. And it yeah. took me a long time to realize the point of the movie is he has to grow. When I was a kid, I was like, ah, fuck that, Uncle Buck. You don't need you don't need a kid and a family. You're the coolest. What's going on? Just drive that shitty car around, do whatever you want, you know, just chopping on cigars. I thought he was the coolest dude who ever existed. Um, okay. With Summer Rental, he's like this dorky dad character, which I'm not saying he can't play, but he ends up being more annoying. And that some yeah. of the some of the some of the humor in it is based on like like when he goes over the neighbor's house with the woman with the breast implants. None of that is funny. It just yeah. doesn't work. Uh, it's not funny. And like even like the waiting in line and like Colonel Trapman goes in front of him and gets all the lobsters. Like none of that is amusing at all. And further, like okay, I get the eighties class paranoia and all that stuff, but it's also like, yo, dog, like you are the renter. You are the interloper on this man's turf. I'm sorry. He got here first, though. <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't thinking about that aspect at all. Oh, my because God. Because yeah. I, was, I was only focused on the idea that, like, there's a rich dude and he's trying to, like, like, because there's this whole feeling when John Candy shows up that, like, everybody there knows what's up and he's sort of a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, although it is funny because he just drives to Florida, Florida from Atlanta. Yeah. It'd be different if he was in Chicago and he drove down to Florida. Then it'd be like, okay, I get it. You have no idea what's going on. Even though he <laughs> does wear a Blackhawks jersey in the movie, and you're like, what Atlanta guy likes the Blackhawks? <laughs> like, what's going on? But uh, but yeah, you know, like there is this sort of vibe, right? That that like he's a fish out of water because everyone there is rich and he is yeah. not that, you know. Um, so I have more vibed with that, but I guess you're right. There is a sort of, yeah, leave it to you to be more sensitive to the, uh, gentrification aspect here. Like he's a shooby, you know, yeah. if we're down the shore, he's a shooby, but like, I was always a shooby. So I guess I feel more sensitive towards shooby sometimes. <laughs> but dude, it's like, imagine being the dude who's like, yeah, this is my comic book store. This is where I go. This is my table. They know that they sit me here every time and blah, blah, blah. And then like. John Candy's renting a house and he's like, hey, guess what? Check out this table, guys. And like, now you got to talk, which is like a lot. I don't know. That that part of the thing is, that's the thing. I get it. I get it. It's I think that, I think, I, I, here's the deal. The difference though, right? Let's put it in your context because that's really what you mean is you. Uh -huh. You and your boys go to the, the diner place where you guys do men's breakfast, right? Right, right, right. The Fairlane. What's up? We don't talk you're, about you're at You're at the place. The spot. Uh -huh. I wasn't going to name it. You're the one who named it. You're very bad <laughs> at being secretive. You're at the spot, we'll call it. Right, 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 right. And some jerk off is in your seat, right? Your entitlement to that seat is more, to me, based out of a sense of uh, belonging, that you've been there for a while. This is your place, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. I still think you got to let that go because I think yeah, no, all, you're not wrong. all senses never. of ownership are, are bad. But the difference in the movie is this guy thinks he can do whatever he wants because he's the man. He's got all the money and all the power. He wins yeah. the fucking regatta every year. So I think it's more sensitive than that. I do think the movie is uninterested in dealing with the idea of a community <laughs> that gets invaded by assholes because the assumption is all the people in the community are themselves rich. 
That's why yeah. they live in that community, which it, any, maybe wherever he is in Florida, I guess. But if you know anyone who lives on most shores, like, uh, well, let's just go with the Jersey Shore because that's what we're familiar with. Not a lot of people who live all year long at the shore are rich assholes. No, they no, they no. are. They're there are rich survivors. assholes down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a lot of people down there know. And when you invade their space and they put up with your ass, you really do have to be appreciative because it's like they, they you know, they, they're just trying to survive. Like you said, it, it it's very rare that you meet a fucking Commodore in a, in a ship hat who owns a giant fucking yacht that those exist. It's not that they don't exist, but it's more common for those people to be the renters and not yeah. the livers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. hundred percent true. Colonel mm, mm, mm. Trapman. But let's, let's just regret. I know. I think the name, the Colonel Trapman name is funny, right? <laughs> <clears throat> let's just get back to the idea that the problem with the movie is a, He's not that sympathetic. John Candy's character is not as sympathetic as you want him to be. He's a yeah. bit of a jerk to his family, and I think it's supposed to be funny, and it's not It's not charming or funny. No. B, a lot of the jokes are so corny that they don't work. You know, I do think there are some funny moments. I think the whole thing, when they're in the wrong house and the uh, family oh, comes home, God. I loved every moment of that. That was fucking hilarious. But it was played in a way that was much more deadpan than yeah. other parts of the movie that are totally like, yowza, waka, waka, and none of that shit works. When John Candy just hands him the statue and he goes, this must uh -huh. be worse then. Uh -huh. Oh, uh -huh. my God. And he's got the Komodo on. That's where you Sweet remember why he's Jesus. fucking famous. Yeah, yeah, that's why you're like, oh, this dude's a genius. Yeah, I get it. This must be yours then. Uh -huh. Yeah, very nice. Uh, but so some good. of the some of the dog jokes when they're in the other place don't really work. No, uh, I yeah. kind of like the thing where everyone from the beach invades his house. I actually thought that was kind of funny. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah, like yeah. in the neighbor's house playing with her like fake boobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But again, the fake boobs wasn't that funny, you know? Yeah, no. The I whole mean, John Larroquette subplot was a waste of time. The fact that Joey Lawrence and the girl from Goonies is in it was pretty funny to me. True, true. I'm like, wow, Joey Lawrence, the mini Joey Lawrence. But you know what, though? Macaulay Culkin and um, the girl from, what's her name? Uh, yeah, Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman, yeah, in Uncle Buck. Pretty great, She's too. She's so good. It's so funny, because when I first realized she was in it, we're not talking about Uncle Buck right now, but just as great. a quick note. When I first realized she was in it, I was like, oh, Gabby Hoffman, okay. And then when I saw how cute and charming she was in it, I'm like, Oh, no wonder she came back to acting eventually. Like, this is, like, very much a strong thing for her, you know? And very much like she's, like, born to it. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to shit on people's memories too much. People love this movie. Summer Rental is one of those movies that this is why people love John Candy. Mm. I personally don't get it. I will say, the for me, the best part of the movie is the least sketch comedy part of the movie, which is the ending, right? The they start. They start getting the ship together. The yeah. and I weird mean, Scottish I guy Torin. gets the sale. Yeah, the yeah, Scottish yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. What is that about? Yeah, but I do love Rip Torn. Yeah, the Scottish guy though had me laughing, like just because yeah. of like how weird it was. Like what I, is I that? felt like the older Asian man was bordering on a racist joke. Yeah, I don't think no, they we got there. there. We were there. Was, yeah, it was right I'm there. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know. It was There's kind a of a moment. that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, yeah. And then in the regatta when he busts out his pants, I'm into that. I actually even like the joke of. Oh, we're going so slow because we forgot to empty the fucking fridge. Yeah. That was fine, too. Sticks. Although That's I do good. think it's very 80s to be like, you know how we're going to help this poor person beat this rich person? 
littering. We're going to litter in the yeah. ocean. Like I'm watching them throw the trash in the ocean going, and they're throwing oh, their, their God freezer it. in the ocean yeah. and all this. Like, really? That's, that's how the poor win, Josh, I through guess, littering. By, by castigation of their only methods of making yeah. money. Only rich it. people care about the environment, right? Right, yeah. right, 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 right. I mean, really. look, it's, it's, it, but here's the thing. So much of the movie leading up to that ending is so just not that compelling. It's like, just so vanilla. Oh, here's a great I example. Mean, here's a great example. The frisbee joke where his frisbee is under the girl's butt. Right. What the? What are we doing? Is this laughing? Yeah, what the fuck no, are we doing right now? Like, didn't really work either. Yeah. I mean, it's 1985. Like, I get it if it had been an older movie. Like, some of the jokes in this feel like a more of a 70s like beach comedy or something. Because some of the jokes in here, I'm like, yo, it's 1980 fucking five. Like, what are you doing right? You know what I mean? Like, this movie. Oh wait, was it 85 or was it 80? 86. I think. No, it is 85 because it's oh, the same year bro. that the Sesame Street movie came out. They came oh, out the same right, year. Oh, right, 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 right. And another movie, that Volunteers movie he did with Tom Hanks came out and, in 85, uh, too. Cindy Lauper, was that the one? Yeah. Is she in that? I think so. That might be right. Hmm. Anyways, point is this. By 85, my man's done SCTV. He's done other stuff here and there. He's getting known as a thing. This is, I think this, was this his first solo movie or not? I think it was. I think you're right. This I think is this his is his first, first like, like he's, featuring John Candy in the He's lead been role. A, in, a, in a ton of movies before this, though. If you guys do ever do a John Candy deep dive, he's got a lot of smaller roles before this. Even mm. before he was on SCTV, he'd done film work, you know? Uh, he was in 1941 or whatever, the Spielberg yeah, movie, he was. right? Yep. So, like, he's done shit. This movie, I guess it was huge for him. I guess people loved it. Mm. I would have been so let down. If I was an SCTV fan and I went to see this shit, I would have been so fucking bummed. I would have been confused. I would have been like, oh, I guess he's pitching for the family demo now. You know what I mean? Which, because SCTV was edgy, man. Like, that it shit was. Was, it was cutting edge. And I get Well, but it. here's the thing. He's playing for the family demo, and one of the running jokes is about her fake breasts. Yeah, it's a weird, it's, it's a weird flaw. It's like, I get it. I, I, I will say, parts of this movie, I mean, there are tinges of misogyny and racism in this movie. But compared to other 1985 movies, it's really not that bad. I mean, yeah, this isn't a Porky's yeah. or a Pretty in Pink we're looking at here. This is like, you know, way less offensive than some of these other jokes. Yeah, there's no Long Duck Dong in this movie, but right. we come close, baby. We come but, close. Oh, yeah. But also, it's just not that funny either. Like, yeah. some of the movies that have some of the worst shit in it were also fucking funny. As much as I hate where the, what those movies did, they had other jokes, too. This mm. movie, it just doesn't hit that hard and i feel bad because again we went into this as a celebration of john candy and yeah. i just i just didn't feel it after this movie i agree i agree it's a weird one it's a weird well, one let's go to then your nostalgic pick of the great outdoors and tell, tell me about your relationship with this movie i fucking love it man it's just funny to me this movie was when funny did you first me. see it i saw it when it came out i think i think me and bad michael and anthony went and saw it in the theater and I just remember being like, this is so funny. And then just like, you know, like the the land of a thousand dances at the end. You know what I mean? Like there's so many just the kissing the dead guy at the beginning, the the car with the wood paneling on the side. Like my family never had one of those, but I definitely remember seeing those around Cherry Hill and being like, whoa, it's like a den on wheels. You know what I mean? Like just, there's just this movie sits at that point when video stores were still magic for me. And, like, you know, my dad would be like, you want to watch a movie tonight? What do you want to watch? Don't get great outdoors. We see it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know. I just, I love this movie so much. Because it, 
you know how it's like when 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 you're in high school, that's gonna be the class of Saturday Night Live that's your favorite. You know what I mean? Like, and that's very much this with me. This is like, oh, you got HBO. Guess what's on there all the time now? Great Outdoors. Welcome. And I just watched it every time. One of those movies. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes feel like you just don't listen to me, Liam, and I'm okay with it because you I know no, I'm li- I am listening, and at I the understand. end of the day, it's a monologue. We're all alone. But anyway, no, not, not at all. Look, look, look. I am listening. I understand. I, I'm I'm looking for some germ of your deep love for this movie and i think that that home video thing i mean let's say that was the experience of the movie right movie opens critics fucking hated it took a shit on it box office not terrible but not great didn't didn't do anything worthwhile shit comes out of home video instant classic people are obsessed with it It, what's funny is i you know i know i haven't seen it much but there are parts try watching a compilation of funny shit from the eighties and not see John Candy get stomped on by a bear. That uh, bear door scene is a classic Jesus. of humorous so cinema. Yeah. People that, love it. And then the shooting the hair off of the bear's butt, like, come on, totally, man. Like totally. That was like, dude, I was how old in 86, man. I was like in sixth grade or something. Like I was in fourth grade. That was the shit. <laughs> it was totally good. He shot the this bear. Is, uh, the this is actually 88, 88. So I was in sixth grade. And yeah. yeah, still, still holds. Still yeah. great. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. And just Dan Aykroyd is such a dick in this movie. And Annette Benning is so weird. And the This kids... was Annette Benning's first movie. Ah, well, there you go. But the twins, the twin girls, fucking creepy. That's great. It's so good. I when we started this movie, I was like, I don't remember this shit. I don't think I saw it. I this is like entirely like not a nostalgia thing for me. I'm kind of stoked to see it because I can't believe I've never seen it. And then when those twins showed up, I was like, no, nah, I've seen this. I've oh, seen yeah. it. And They're then so weird. the parts that I remember, the twins, right? I remember that. Uh-huh. Um, the steak part. The I old 96 are still I funny. could not forget about that giant fucking oh, steak. Oh, my God. That whole scene, that whole uh-huh, sequence uh-huh. when he's just like. <laughs> and then and then the bear stomping on him oh, and then getting shot God. in the butt, all that. But there's a ton of stuff in this movie that, like, it felt new to me. It had been so long. I just didn't really, really remember it. Oh, that's so great. Like, what what parts, like, stuck? Or, or, or is this, like, a summer rental thing where you're like, this is not funny at all? Uh, here's the thing. Immediately, this is a million times better than Summer Rental because it's a fucking movie. Like, yeah. there are goofy things that happen. There are moments that feel like sketchy moments. Like, I don't mean sketchy like bad. I mean, like, they came from, like, a like a sketch show, right? Right. But Not sketchy like mayhem. Right, right, right. <laughs> like mayhem. <laughs> um, but they're all part of a narrative. They fit together. Many things happen in Summer Rental that are just random bullshit that have nothing to do with a narrative. This movie, it all fits together to me to tell a story, right? Mm. But I just didn't think it was that funny, man. And part of it is I fucking hate Dan Aykroyd as his character. Oh, man. He's so brutal. I cannot with him in this fucking role. It bums me out so hard. (laughs) Uh, And, side note, this version of John Candy, this this protective dad guy, you know, whatever, He's just not my favorite. I don't think he's as funny in this role, though there are a few moments where I think he's really fucking funny. Um, I kind like when of they throw my favorite shit 
of that protective sure. dad thing is yeah. the scene when he throws the candy bars on the car to try and get the bears to come over. Oh my god, that scene oh, was very funny. My sweet I laughed baby out Jesus. loud. Yes, yeah, and it's so funny because it's like such a genuine, and that's what I found so appealing about John. But candy, all right? the humor with with uh, Dan Aykroyd for me doesn't fucking work. I mean, all overall, that- I think Dan Aykroyd is overrated as a comedic actor. I don't think he's that fucking funny, and I think a lot of things he did on his own were seriously bad. Um, in this movie, I just don't find him funny. I actually found Annette Benning in as his like kind of annoying wife more humorous than him. The whole more movie, compelling. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I, think I she's, love she's the more interesting. Character. I love the kids. I love John Candy's wife in the or uh, yeah yeah John Candy's wife in this, and I think John Candy's endearing. He's just not as funny in this. I just like him more as the nefarious Uncle Buck sort of character uh, than as dude. this dad character. But I but love, there are I moments that are apologizing, funny. Apologizing John Candy as a dad is the funniest. Sure, thing right, right, right. Oh my god, him throwing the 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 liquor in the fire when he's telling the story about the bear and it goes through the. Ceiling. Okay, that was funny. That was and then very him just funny. be like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, like that's hilarious to me. Like John, I don't Candy find that feeling, that funny. Oh my god, that well maybe that therein lies the divergent paths in our John so. Candy appreciation. I, but let me be clear. I'm only disagreeing with you because of your love for this movie. This movie isn't bad. Like that, I guess that was my my frustration. Then watching it after summer rental was like I didn't find it as funny as I would want it to be because it is so classic. But like, it's a real movie. Yeah, it's not annoying. There's no parts of it that make me want to jump out a fucking window the way that summer rental. Like summer rental is just like really frustrating and the few parts that are funny don't redeem the movie whereas great outdoors is like a solid you know family fun movie that has some yeah. parts that are hilarious and like no matter what anyone says that bear jumping on john candy is a magical uh, it's so because it's so funny just him getting squished with every jump and he'd be like, oh, oh, it's so, oh, the noises he's making. I will say this was fun for me, though, because so I good. I don't know. We've talked about movies now, Josh, for years. What is it, eight yeah. years? Something like yeah, that? something like that. Eight years we've been talking about movies. And before that, when we were friends, you know, so <laughs> let's say over a decade of movie discussion. And I still don't know. I always know what movies you're going to find funny. Like, I don't have a really? bead on your sense of humor. No. Because there are some things that I think are hilarious that you're like, eh, yeah, whatever. And then other things like our shared love for Bob's Burgers. Of course. Uh, yeah. Bob's Burgers is comedic genius. But like watching this movie, I'm like, okay, why this movie? What is it about this movie? And it makes sense that one of the big sellers for you is awkward John Candy. John uh, Candy yeah. being like, oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Oh, geez. Uh. And I just don't find that. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not bad. I don't want anyone to think I think this movie is bad at all, but it's not as funny as I thought it would be because oh God, it that, is a classic is, movie. Honestly, the most daring thing about Uncle Buck is him apologizing. See, no, for me, it's when he's not, when he's being a jerk off. That's the best. I fucking oh love God. Uncle Buck as a jerk off. He's when the he best. says shit to, to the mom and he's like, those plates you have in the living room. Pretty old, huh? Yeah, that's funny. That, <laughs> that is funny. Shit that is was so very... good. But, but this is why I think those are two different characters. Because to me, he's not apologizing. I don't believe he ever replaces those plates. I think when he realizes how much they are, he's like, "Oh fuck! All right, who cares?" You know, like he's to me that is a different care, a different kind of character that he can do. 
Oh man, it's so good though. It's like so you yeah. think you get those at like a flea market or yeah. something? Oh my god. Okay, let's then let's. I don't want to. I don't want to leave Great Outdoors yet because I. Right. It right, is right, such right. an important movie. Let's be clear. This movie is huge for people. I think even more than summer rental for some people. Um, so I want to give it its proper respect, especially knowing how much you love it. How many times do you think you've watched this movie? Jeff? I've seen this movie a thousand. Like no question. I've seen this movie so many times that I could recite it like by myself, you know, it's like, I mean, but that's the thing though, right? Like it feels like for this, for John Candy, if I, okay, you have the, the planes, trains and automobiles and you have, what was the other one? What other one? You said there are two John Candy movies that are like your shit. Plane Uncle Buck. Automobiles and Uncle Buck. Okay. For me, it's The Great Outdoors and Spaceballs. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you're right. Spaceballs, too. I love space. I mean, I loved Spaceballs as a kid. I haven't rewatched yeah. it. People have told me that it's not as funny as you think it is. But my memory of it from being a kid, I mean, I saw it in the theaters on my birthday. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. important to me at the time. It's still important to me. I still love it. It's still Mel Brooks doing Star Wars, and it's still fucking funny to me, man. Like, as, a, as a kid, I also liked Who's Harry Crumb a good deal, too, but I hear people say it's terrible, is but it? I, I liked it when I was a kid. I, I remember Who's Harry Crumb being funny, and I remember, I mean, like, yeah, I, but Spaceballs, though. Like, defining moments for my comedic sensibility, Spaceballs in the Great Outdoors, hands down. In terms of John Candy. That's interesting. I again, I want to go back to Spaceballs, but I don't know if I'm going to find it as funny or not. Like, it, we'll see what happens. But I, uh, I definitely, yeah. But I, I watched Uncle Buck way more than I watched Spaceballs because it was on TV all the time, like every oh, other man. day. And then when I finally started buying my own DVDs, it was one of the first DVDs I bought was Uncle Buck. Really? You're oh yeah. Just like you know what? Let's get back to that feel good moment. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Totally. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, and it's, you know, it doesn't occur during a holiday, but I lump it in with holiday movies. It like feels I've, like a holiday movie. Like sure. I watch what's the what's the uh, the Married with Children guy movie? Uh, oh, uh, uh, it's, it's like a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, fuck, I forget what it's called. But he, it's like one of the few like movies he did. He didn't do a ton of of movies, yeah. and uh, I love that movie. And that's on my. I would watch that around the holidays. Watch that. Watch Uncle Buck. Um, sometimes I would actually watch The Ref too. That's a holiday movie. The you know? Ref, yeah, man. Dennis Leary, yeah, man. No shit. Yeah, but now I I have trouble going back. To, I I'm straight up. I don't think I can go back to Kevin Spacey movies for a while. Yeah, I mean, especially it's hard. especially since he's continuing to be a dickhead. If he like had done the shit and then died, and uh-huh. then like years later, someone's like, "Oh, what about this movie?" I would feel a little weird about it, but I'd be like, well, you know, okay, he's dead. Who cares? But since he's like not only around, but trying to be like, yeah, I'm making a comeback. I'm like, you can't make a comeback. It's, it's obviously too soon for a comeback. It seems like a weird choice. Yeah. So like, like, I think the ref is out for me, which is a bummer because I, I love that when I was again, these are all movies that like I was watching through grade school and high school. You know what I mean? Uh, Like, I don't know that I've watched all of, well, I did watch that Ed O'Neill movie as an adult probably in my thirties. And I thought it was fun. I don't know that I've rewatched the ref though, since, since like 2005 or something, you know what I mean? Mm, Um, Anyways, let's, let's leave all that behind. Great outdoors. Get, you know, let's say there's actually someone listening who is 
utterly unfamiliar. We have some younger listeners. They may have never seen this shit. They don't know John Candy. They don't know Dan Aykroyd. Sell somebody on why they need to make time for the great outdoors. Because, I mean, it wasn't my experience to have a trip like this with my family. Me either. But I imagine that's what Americans did. (laughs) (laughs) And by Americans, I mean white people. Like, it just, you know, like, I don't know. It seems like there are iconic vacation family movies, and this is just one of those. With stakes, you know, there's missing children at a point. Spoiler alert. There's a bear. I like that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, the anime of being a city person in the woods is always going to be a reality to me. And then the, the whole aspect of the family, like, narrative that, you know, Dan Aykroyd needs help and he's going to the perceived, like, low low man on the totem pole, John Candy, for help. That's always going to be a thing. I'm always going to be in it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Just saying. So if that's my elevator pitch for this movie, why you should go see it, there it is. It's a fun family movie about a vacation that I'll never go on. And uh, sometimes your rich cousin's got to be like, yo, dog, can you help me out? And I love it. <laughs> it's great. Just saying. I think um, I think I still very much like this movie. I just don't. For me, it it doesn't go in the canon. It's not like a okay. This is an essential '80s comedy, uh, and I gotta lay most of that at Dan Aykroyd. I don't like Dan Aykroyd. Wow, that um, sounds like a you problem because I love Dan Aykroyd. I just think you're wrong. I think if we if we did no a, trust, if, I get it. I know. I've seen nothing but trouble. You know what I mean? I've oh, seen, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. He directed that piece of shit. And I get it. I get it. But I think. You know I think for people out there who don't understand what I mean, I think if you did a deep dive and actually watched all of Dan Aykroyd's stuff, he's just often the weakest guy in the room. I just think he was associated with people who were funnier than him, and so we all think he's great, but he's just okay. And this. Of the things he plays, because he just plays the same things over and over again, this guy, this character, this 80s yuppie bullshit thing, I don't like it. I never liked it. I don't think it's funny. It bums me out. Can we talk about the fact that he's dressed like a skinhead for most of the movie? Yes, it's so funny. He's dressed like, he's dressed like a suede. Actually. I think yeah. that shit is really, yeah. really funny. Well, the, that, but, that, like, but that's true, though. A lot of yuppies, that's how they dressed. Yeah, man. These look like weird suede heads. Yeah. But okay. Okay. Sure. Let's, let's transition to Uncle Buck. Since this is this is my suggestion, and we jumped on it because we were so bummed on summer rental, and yeah. let me talk a little bit about Uncle Buck. And I'm, I, you know, I'm going to start with the the only part of the movie that really bums me out. Right. Uh-huh. There's a scene in the movie where Uncle Buck goes on the the hunt to rescue his niece. I'm already a little iffy on this because it it starts to put Uncle Buck in this role of like he's he's like the the white knight protecting her virginity. That's right. fucking weird. It's a yeah. real it's a real John Hughes vibe. I know everyone loves John Hughes. I think he made some really great movies. But almost every movie he made has some bullshit in it that's either misogynist or racist or both. It's just right. who John Hughes was. He was fucked. And I get it that we love him anyway, and that's fine if that's who you are. But, like, you know, there's, there is bullshit to apologize for in almost every movie the man made. That's just how it is. Uh this is the part that bums me out. He he's on the search to protect his niece. I get that part of that's because this dude sucks, but it doesn't feel like that's the whole story. There's also this idea that like as the 
patriarch man in the thing that he needs to do that. It's really fucking weird. Then the scene where he actually saves the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's filmed in a way that is fucked up because it's supposed to be the prelude to a sexual assault because we hear this woman who turns out not to be his niece, young woman saying no again and again. And my man just ignoring her, but it's also filmed in a way to be kind of sexy. And it's like really poor filmmaking. It's tonally, it's a goddamn mess. And then when Buck shows up, it's kind of fun, I guess, because he's got the the drill and it feels very horror movie esque. But then instead of him like taking serious, like I just think Uncle Buck is not the movie where John Hughes needs to be like, let's talk about consent and sexual assault. <laughs> no, this movie cannot handle the weight of that conversation. And so like there had to be a way to show that this guy sucks without making it this huge, really important issue that then they turn into a gag when Uncle Buck mm. takes him and puts him in the trunk. Now, granted, I love that they put him in the trunk and all that stuff is great, but I just think the movie isn't equipped and it really makes out this girl that he is with, who he is basically about to assault and, and treat in a terrible way as just this like flighty whoever. Cause it's, it's not his niece. So it's, it's almost like she doesn't, I mean, she matters, yeah, consequential. Yeah, but yeah, she yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. matter, matter. And that's fucked. It's just yeah, that whole aspect good. of the movie is fucked. But I will say for a John Hughes movie, if you excise that one point, I don't think there's any other racism and misogyny in the whole fucking movie, <laughs> which is better than most of his films. And yeah. for me, the rest of the movie is near fucking perfect. Now, again, when I was a kid, I didn't get that Uncle Buck Buck's is like a bad dude. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I yeah. get that he had to like grow up a little bit. I wasn't an idiot, but yeah. I also thought, but he's so cool. And then on this rewatch, I'm like, I get it. He's also a loser. He's kind of cool, but he's mostly a loser. I get that now as a full fledged adult. But what I love about it is understanding what the movie wants me to feel more. I don't love the movie any less. And I still appreciate why as a kid, his lifestyle made sense to me. You know, he didn't have to deal with a bunch of bullshit. And I like that. I like that he was living outside of the family system. It's only now rewatching it. I'm like, yeah, but it's also good. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that he's learned to care about these people. And he's learned to like, have a relationship with them. I don't think that's Mm. bad. I think that's great. And I got to be honest, the scene with the daughter and the mom, that scene shouldn't work. That should be some bullshit. And yet it does for me. I don't cry or anything, which I do cry (laughs) a lot of movies, but it like, even now as an adult watching that part, I was like, Oh, cause I am like, (laughs) I get what that relationship is about and I get how it can get broken and how good it would feel for it to be fixed. You know, like, I don't know. For me, Uncle Buck is funny. It's charming. It's not like a, a like a the funniest movie ever, but it's really funny. I like John Candy in it. I love uh whatever Jean Louise Kelly, I think is her name. Oh yeah, yeah, the daughter. I think she's great in it. I love their relationship. And I got to say like you're really seeing why Macaulay Culkin would become a fucking phenomena. Like yeah. he he is cuter in this than he is in Home Alone. And he's so funny in it. He's very goddamn funny in it. I just really think this movie works. And except for that, like we said, that one thing that I pointed out, I think overall it's a really good movie. It's a lot of fun. I fucking love Uncle Buck. For my nostalgia, if I'm making a nostalgia canon, it's in the fucking canon. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uncle Buck is is a pretty great movie. I mean, it's funny, though, the things that resonate with me in this movie versus what resonates with you. What, 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 what? 
Number one, the mom sucks in this movie. She's a fucking asshole. I think she's trying. I think she's trying. Okay, maybe she's trying. But she, she folds, but you're right. She does she suck. She folds Buck out of the wedding picture. Right. Yes. What a dick. When I when I was a kid, let me say this. When I was a kid, I hated her. As yeah. an adult, I kind of get it. But I think it's one of the places where Hughes is showing the good part of his writing in that he's explaining that Uncle Buck and this family are in different worlds. And this mom thinks that she has to be somehow separate from the kind of person Buck is in order to function in this world, which isn't real. But that's what Hughes is getting at. And I think it works in the movie. But yeah, she's she's kind of a jerk. Sucks. I think it's funny, though, that when Buck gets to their house and he sees his brother, he's like, oh, lost the mustache. <laughs> like that, lines like that <laughs> make me laugh so hard. Like, just so ridiculous and awkward. And oh, my sweet baby Jesus. Like, that's my favorite John Candy, as we had discussed. Like, awkward John Candy? Genius. But I mean, like, there's so many iconic scenes in this movie, too, right? Like, Dude, if you see someone make a pancake with a shovel, you know you're going to think. Yo, that giant fucking pancake pile with the sausages all around it is golden, brilliant, amazing. You're going to think of Uncle Buck. You're never going to see a pile of pancakes like that and not think of Uncle Buck. Um, Lori Metcalf as the the neighbor. Whoa, what is that about? That was weird as shit. So weird, but love it. It's so bizarre. It's almost like Joe Dorowski. It's almost like. I don't know. She's just is weird deus ex machina in this movie where you're just like, that's her whole purpose for being here, huh? But, um, okay, cool. I love the Cherise character. Yep, I do too. She is so funny in this movie. And, like, one of the best scenes is she's not even in it. It's when Buck has to tell her something on the phone and she's yelling at him. And he's like, put it, put give it, Ta-ha! and then she's like, goodbye. <laughs> that's all you see. So, so good. fucking fun. So tight. So, so well genius. executed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, there's so many things about this movie that, like, 100% still does it for me. You know what I mean? And, yeah, though, I definitely felt some kind of way about the whole sexual assault thing. Like, that shit was fucked up. But, I mean, the the 180-degree turn from that night moving forward with the daughter is a little weird to me because the daughter is so evil throughout this movie. Like, she's such, like, a angsty and unhappy person like that it just like the sudden heel turn is like okay all right i get it i get it. like they're better now it's not dating bug but like i don't know it was other than that love this love. i think i think it works for me because i think what the movie is trying to suggest is that um she's i don't think the movie hates her mom as much as we do right right but it does think the mom has fucked up in certain ways, right? Yeah. But that the daughter, what the daughter lacks is a sense of forgiveness because she has these walls up mm-hmm. and she isn't willing to give Buck a chance. And when she realizes that he cares about her and that they're on the same side, I think her feelings on him have turned. And thus, I don't think she's perfect, but I think she's sort of realized like we're on the same team, which is where they were at all along. Your your irresponsible uncle is your best friend as a rebellious teenager. Like, are you kidding yeah, me? That's like, gonna get you your cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah for oh, real. Good. Like the, the yeah, fact yeah. the only reason she's hating on him the whole movie is that he's become a surrogate for her mother. But when she realizes that Buck is on her team, then it occurs to her, you know what? Maybe mom is on my team too. That mm-hmm. is a bit much. That's definitely like Hughes. <laughs> 
sort of wrapping things up in a pretty wrap up. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. what John he that's what he fucking does, man. Yeah, that's his no, fucking thing. And like, to be it, yeah. fair, it's present in the Great Outdoors because he wrote the Great Outdoors. You know, yeah. that was yeah, actually yeah, yeah. the last movie he did with uh, what's his with the director. They did a bunch of movies together, and that wow. was the last one that they did together was Great Outdoors. Um, good, good way to go out. Yeah, but I think like that, that, you know, this very much is his vibe. I mean, the the Hughes parts of this that I also really appreciate, it's so Chicago. This movie with Buck as who he is, it doesn't fucking work anywhere else in the country. There is no one in the rest of the country like Uncle Buck. He is Chicago through and through. The whole movie, even the parts where he's out in the suburbs, which, by the way, he's in Evanston, for people who want to know. Even those parts, they only work in Chicago, right? That relationship that Chicago has to its suburbs, which is yeah. really what all of his movies end up being about, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you could even say if you if you include both him and then other directors who were trying to rip him off, in the eighties we have a, almost a whole genre called growing up in Chicago. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I agree. Man, that makes me want to rewatch a. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting as well, even though there's some really fucked up parts of Adventures in Babysitting too. I haven't seen that since I saw it, so been a minute. Oh, uh, I liked it a lot as a kid. I watched it a few times. You know what? Another John Candy movie is that really meant something to me for some reason. Sure, go ahead. Fucking only the lonely. Weird, really? Yeah, that movie is like he's in love with an untouchable woman for some reason. You know what I mean? And he has an overbearing mother that like he can't have his own life without like having like you know his mother be like his priority and that was like a lot and the fact that like uh what's his name was in there uh was over the greek um oh sure can't think of his name too much melatonin you know but um yeah it's that movie for some reason like he's i mean granted he's a cop belushi's in jim belushi's in there not john belushi and like you know there's a whole bunch of that stuff going on there which i'm sure if we went back to now it'd be a little awkward but like just the fact that he's like this working class dude that's like a schlub and he finds like this woman that works in a morgue (laughs) he's gonna like he's got to navigate his mom and his job and all this stuff to like be with this girl who also has like these social anxieties it's like that's like a pretty real scenario for some of us you know what i'm saying like yeah totally that's the thing like i don't know and i saw that like right at the time when like it's like, oh, wow, this awkward thing might be an angle for you. You know what I mean? Like, here you go. But, like, I don't know. That movie is another one that if I had to say my nostalgia canon in, in regards to John Candy, that might be. In Just- That's interesting. I don't really. I think I've seen it, but I don't really know that movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Oh, man, like, it's great. Yeah. I mean, even with The Great Outdoors, I know I didn't watch it over and over again, but there were parts where I was like, oh, OK, I remember this, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. It. Yeah, I'm trying man. to think if there's any other like junk. Like I said, Delirious. I was kind of into when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, God damn. Yeah. You know what's funny? For some reason, I always forget. I don't think of that as his movie, but he is very much an important part of that movie. Yeah. Barf, man. Barf, follow me. Yeah. Genius. Fucking brilliant, um, man. Um. Uh. Oh, you know what? I have you seen Armed and Dangerous? Oh yeah, I just watched. I have not watched in a long time. I think I was a fan of it as a kid, but I don't remember it. You know, I mean, I love Eugene Levy and John Candy together, and that's an example of the like. So there's like some like LGBTQ stuff in there, 
and like John Candy dresses up as a woman, like there's and there's like the gay stuff in there, you know? And it's not handled in an offensive manner if you go back to it. It's like, oh, oh okay. okay. This doesn't feel so bad, I guess. How do you I mean, feel about uh Brewster's millions? Uh, that's weird. Yeah. Wait. Oh, man. We'll have yeah. to sometime do an episode where we talk about the fucking the toy and Brewster's millions and like Well no, I weird- just the just the phenomena of Richard Pryor, right? Here's one of the oh, most yeah. brilliant stand-ups in the history of the genre, you know, of the of, of the medium. medium of the art. Yeah. yeah. And almost all of his movies are bad. There's exceptions, but a lot of his movies are pure shit. Just What's terrible. funny is that Anthony just recently, my brother just recently watched Moving. And he was like, "You know what? It's not that bad." I'm like, "Really though? Like I remember being terrible." I can't. I mean, again, yeah. there's, you know, I like, I like, like, you know, like Car Wash is good or uh, the Mac uh, where he's high Mac. most of yeah, the time yeah, and yeah, not yeah, even yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Um, although, you know, I gotta, I gotta rewatch Harlem Nights because when I was a kid, yeah. I loved Harlem Nights, but a lot of people have told me it does not hold up. So I, I don't know. I'm ready to watch it again. I'm not afraid. Maybe we'll, maybe, maybe that'll be maybe our next Richard nostalgia. Pryor. I mean, like, I love Richard. Yeah, I feel like I don't want to do that for my nostalgia pick though. Like that would have to be a separate subject, just because it's so sad, and I don't, yeah. I don't want to do the nostalgia episodes to be sad. Although summer rental made me a little sad, so there you go. No, no, if we do Richard Pryor nostalgia episode, I'd have to talk about live on the strip. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like those things still. Well, all right. Well, that was our John Candy episode, y'all. Um. You know, hopefully we didn't bum you out with our summer rental stuff. If you yeah. love it, love it. Who cares what we think? But I know if as, you love as, it and you feel like you have yeah. an argument against what we're saying, tweet at us. Let us yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, I love Howard the Duck, so clearly I don't have good taste. So don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. me. And I love no retreat, no surrender. So you know, you tell me who's like the person qualified to be. What is no about. retreat, no surrender? The John Claude Van Damme movie where the kid- oh god, yeah, I'm already out. Yeah. <laughs> He plays a bad guy, and the kid gets beat up by him in a karate tournament, and then he prays on the grave of Bruce Lee, and then Bruce Lee's ghost comes back and trains the kid to beat Jean-Claude Van Damme. Great. All right, let's wrap this up. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening, y'all. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever uh, podcast uh, uh, podcatcher that you're listening to this on. Um, You know, tell a friend. Let people know. Uh, Check out our social media. We're C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow, man. Yeah, man. And thanks to Sharky and Mechanical Shark Media for always making the sound beautiful. Yep. And um, we love you guys very much, as you know. As you know. Yep. And uh, I didn't cry in front of either of you. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Take care, y'all. Smoke bomb. Do you like spooky movies? Hair-raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love horror business. The horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Don. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products.